Fox News alert millions of American families. Yeah, Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us for CBS News. I'm George Thomas. We begin with the latest. Here at St. John's Facebility Mark, there are certainly a lot of hazards here at the LAPD. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us for CBS News. Watch. I'm George Thomas. We begin with the latest in the coronavirus pandemic. Number of cases here in the U.S. Welcome to Rise to Liberty podcast, the best podcast you've never heard of fighting for free speech and spreading the message of liberty. Find us at risetoliberty.com for everything related to the show, including our merch, social media, episode player, and much more. risetoliberty.com slash blue dress for a piece of merchandise that a portion of the proceeds will be donated to savethechildren.org to help fight child trafficking. I have a very special guest on today. He is a very accomplished man. He holds a bachelor's degree in political science from Columbia University and a master's of science in human performance from the University of Florida. He excelled in playing sports at both schools, which allowed him to work with the tennis, golf programs, and the national championship men's basketball team. He went on and became the strength and conditioning coordinator for VCU basketball. As a raw power lifter, he has best of 640 squat, which I had to include because I absolutely love that. I thought that was great. <laughs> 400 bench press and a 700 deadlift. Dude, that's so epic. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm made to pull, dude. I got orangutan arms. <laughs> He holds a few Florida State records for competing in indoor rowing. On top of all of this, he is an entrepreneur, coach, author, podcast host, public speaker, loving husband, and loving father. Ladies and gentlemen, Danny Vega. How Thanks you doing? Thanks for having me, brother. Yeah, oh, man, course. this is uh, one of my favorite subjects to talk about, you know, liberty and um, everything involved. And, you know, I really don't get a chance to do it. So when you reached out, I was like, let's go. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So you're Cuban and yeah, for uh, anyone living under a rock for the past 60, 70 years, Cuba is communist. And uh, under uh, Fidel Castro, you know, they had the Cuban revolution, thanks to uh, him and a bunch of uh, believers, including Che Guevara, that monster. And uh, now we are witnessing the collapse of this system. Um, there seems to be a media blackout, which is one of the biggest reasons I'm talking about it. Um, and we're seeing some true horrors down there. Uh, what do you know of what's going on? Man, you know, I mean, look, I, I grew up listening to this stuff from my parents. You know, they were they were so focused on really helping me understand, like, what communism is you know my my parents my dad came over at 14 years old um so he was there for nine years of it 
Uh, my mom came a little bit earlier. She was there for five years of it. And, um, you know, so obviously growing up, you know, we always learned about, you know, most beautiful beaches. We had the first um, um, department store even before the United States did. You know, the Cuba was by far the furthest developed uh, country in Latin America. And so now, you know, fast forward to now, there's a bunch in between there, man. I mean, I got stories for days. I mean, that's why my wife and I, when they said two weeks to slow the spread last year, we were like, no, because these things get a foothold. And um, and then, of course, they spread like a disgusting cancer, you know, and you look at what's happening around the world. And um, it's this just apathy that happens. And unfortunately, it's easier to stop these problems before they start than, you know, winding it back. But what's happened in the last three years, um, it started with there's a movement in Cuba called the San Isidro movement, which was, you know, the thing is, like, first, I'll just say that in Cuba, because in, in, in college, I remember, you know, I went to Columbia University, which, you know, it's pretty much the most liberal university in the country or most progressive if you want to use a proper term for today. And, um, you know, I remember learning in, you know, as in orientation, they were like, you know, we're, we're all about sharing ideas. And and so obviously every chance I got, I would do comparative politics stuff. Um, you know, I, I, I was a big on international politics and, and looking at this stuff. And, you know, I remember writing these papers and you could see the vitriol and the marks on the paper you could see the hatred and just the just the these ideologues that you know they they're in these little areas where you know they can say whatever they want they're never going to get fired and they can but and they impose their will on students and of course these students read garbage and you know they're so well read on garbage but you know what i used to say because there's a phrase in cuba that's that's that says no es fácil you know no es fácil it's it's not easy and so Back in the day when things like things got really bad in the 70s and then um, there were periods there like in the 2000s, it got pretty, pretty decent because they started to, you know, really they realized that they needed extra money um, because you, you, you just can't, you know, the, the quote, you, you end up running out of other people's money. So they they pretty much kind of like legalized prostitution and they were just taxing that and they they turned their eyes away from like there's the um, uh, paladares, which are like the the black market restaurants that would be in people's houses where people could, you know, buy good food and, and things like that. And but back then it was all about survival. You know, people don't talk about didn't talk about politics because they didn't have the luxury. But it gets to a point when it's life and death. And that's what started to happen. Thank God for, you know, the, the arts community, you know, the music, the art, the, you know, Cuban rap and, and all this stuff that really started to, that's what it's called, the San Isidro movement. They started to put out this stuff. And I remember, get goosebumps, because I just remember, you know, VPN started making their way into Cuba. People started to see, and that's what I talk about when I talk about the, the collapse of the Soviet Union. You know, it had nothing to do with, you know, the arms race. And obviously, you know, they, they did bankrupt themselves. But really what I think, you know, helped... Um, bring that liberty in was people started to see around the world that there's a better way that there's there's something called freedom and and wow you know look you can be free 
And that's what I think started to happen with the San Isidro movement. So they did the typical predictable stuff that they that any, you know, tyrant would do. And they start, you know, disappearing people. They start, you know, putting people in prison. And then it just got to a point where when you think about what happened worldwide with this man-made economic collapse um, around the world, Cuba, I mean, imagine if you're at the bottom of the barrel and you're already scraping by and you're eating rodents and you're trying to make things, you know, just work. It gets to a point where, you know, like it's like I'd rather I remember people just saying, look, I, I'd rather get killed if I'm going to get one good meal before I die. You know, like I'm going to risk my life for a good meal. I'm going to risk my life. I have nothing left to live, you know, for uh, I'm completely dehumanized. And that's what started to happen. And then, of course, it came to a head this year in July when we really started to see. Um, and man, let me tell you, as a Cuban-American you know, growing up, it was like every single time there was a rumor that Castro died, there'd be people in the streets, you know, banging pots and pans and like just like making, you know, in Miami, which is, you know, Cuba. I mean, we've we've created this own little our own little Americanized culture. It's a little bit different. But, you know, we at, at our hearts, like when I go to Cuba, last time I was there was 2018. It's like speaking with family, man. You talk the same. You look the same. You know, you. And, and like, it's crazy, like these people are so good. You know, I remember I brought as much cash as I could and I just was handing things out, handing out cash. And had I known back then how important it was to get cell phones in people's hands, I mean, I got cell phones laying in the junk drawer, you know, like I could have given these people and um, I didn't know at the time, but you know, at the end of the day, uh, we had given out all our cash. We we didn't have anything to, to pay for anything and we, we, we ran into these guys that had come over from, I don't know if it was Matanzas or somewhere else. They're, they're not allowed to sell in Havana. And, but Havana's the only place, like that's where people are concentrated. So you, 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 know, you, you risk your life, you go out there. The thing is if you, nothing is guaranteed. So if you're selling something out there and you have property, you know, it's like, do not pass go, do not collect $200. They relocate you, they take away whatever house you have whatever you've built for yourself and they put you in these disgusting project housing and these guys were so good that they gave my kids pastelitos you know like pastries you know and and i was like man i don't have any money please don't do that you know and they were like no man this is like family and you know it, it breaks my heart man i can't tell you how many times i've cried about this um because it's just so terrible and and i don't know What's going to happen, you know, because either there's going to be a vacuum and then that's unstable and dangerous or, you know, there's there's really very little chance of a violent revolt. And, you know, I'm, I'm a fan of of uh, even though it's unrealistic, you know, allowing Cuban-Americans. I mean, we got a good five to seven thousand hard hitting, you know, like same thing. You know, what's this guy said for it? Um, in Pulp Fictions, you know, like, you know, some people wielding some pipes and some people, you know, <laughs> well-trained people, too, yeah. that that can go in there and literally, you know, do something. But that's never going to happen because of geopolitics and because, you know, we have, you know, someone who's really shouldn't be fit to, to work at all uh, running the country or whoever else is, is really pulling the strings. So that's where we're at now, man. Yeah, that's it's crazy um i mean i'm sure you saw how uh 
U.S. media was covering what was going on. The, <laughs> yeah, the they protests. didn't have access to COVID vaccines and yeah, and everyone all this was stuff. freaking like, out. Yeah, that's it, what it is. It's it's the COVID vaccines. They don't have it's, access. It's to the vaccines. sanctions. That's what I heard a lot. It's mm. uh, oh, it's that's the thing. Yeah, that's that's what it's the sanctions Castro, upsetting these people. And in, in what Castro would do is he would he would uh, he actually called it the blockade because you know it, it made it sound as if you know we weren't allowing things to enter and you know in reality they reject all types of aid from all types of countries you know um and you know i i was of the mind as being in this generation you know that last generation there's just so much uh resentment that they don't want anything lifted and i understand where they're coming from because you know that when you throw money into cuba and it's through a proper channel, you know, most of it is going to disappear. None of it's going to actually go to the people. So I had friends, you know, that would send stuff to family. They would send medicine and they would they would put cash inside the bottle and they would reseal the bottle on the stove and, and do all types of stuff like that. And um, but I mean, if you look at it, of course, the media doesn't cover it. They're rejecting all of this stuff that, you know, and they don't even we tried to get ships within a certain amount of you know these um these flotillas that would that would give people medicine and give people food now medicine is an issue you know they don't have headache medicine they don't have blood pressure medicine they don't have i mean if someone gets you're not going to even get diagnosed with the cancer you know you're just going to die and you're probably going to think well maybe it's a cancer you're not going to even know what it is so th there is a medical side to it but it's literally I mean, there's I've seen videos of, of, of an old woman literally walking through the streets saying, does anybody have food that they could give me? You know, is there anybody with food? And it's like so dehumanizing, dude. It's so subhuman, man. Well, it's it's crazy because, I mean, it, always the people at the top, they, they never go without. No, and, and they're around the else. world that Castro's sons and daughters are living like kings. You know, uh, it's disgusting. Yeah. Well, and getting praised, you know, you'll you'll see people, uh, people in mainstream Hollywood or whatever, Michael Moore and Sean Penn and stuff, uh, praising Venezuela, praising Cuba, saying it's such a wonderful system. Uh, Michael Moore did that uh, documentary about the medical system, and it's like, <laughs> but you went you went to the hospital that like the upper echelon family goes to. Like you didn't go yep. to a Cuban hospital. You you went to no. you went to an illusion. You know? Mm -hmm. You went to a hospital that serves the tiniest minority of people there. And that that's mm -hmm. not a representation. You can't say, Oh yeah, the Cuban people love their medical care when you just <laughs> go to the people who are uh controlling everything. It's it's disgusting. Yeah. And yep. uh, I, I was amazed, um, you know, because I've been trying to follow this as closely as I can. It's, you know, hard to get some reliable information sometimes. Um, you know, I, I, I think the good thing for the Cuban people is that, you know, Internet was allowed onto the island. And then as yeah. soon as that happens, you get the cell phones and computers, VPNs, and something's coming out of that island. Um, yeah, I can't stop it. And as yep. soon as I saw the video of government coming into their homes, uh, just taking people, um, doing very terrible things to those people, 
just right in their own homes, right in their own doorways, uh, standing outside, intimidating them, yelling, screaming, uh, cutting them off from uh, allowing them to get food. And then as soon as I saw that, somebody was uh, asking, you know, how, how can Americans help and can we send money down there? And they got an answer back from somebody on the island and said that um, don't don't bother sending money. There's nothing to buy. And as soon yeah. as I as soon as I heard that, it just it just broke my heart. And ever since then, I've been trying to do something about this, and that that should shock every single American. Yeah, I mean, I mean, there's there's so many horrible stories like. You know what they would conscript. I think it was anyone over thirteen, and you're 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 basically um, being forcefully um, drafted to basically, you know, beat your your countrymen into submission. And there were carpenters who were commissioned to, like, basically create these a bunch of sticks. And it's like here here are the sticks that you're gonna use to beat me with. You know, and you are and they would they would embed them into these these crowds and it's like if I'm gonna kill your whole family, you know, you're put in this position. It's kinda like, you know, the what what happened with the Jews in World War Two where they were you know, you get so dehumanized that you're just trying to get you're trying to get you don't wanna be at the bottom, so you don't wanna be the least fed or even worse, the one that gets killed. Um, or the Polish people that they were, you know, running these camps too, and so it's 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 just so disgusting. And like, I'll give you a little quick story too because you know you mentioned there's nothing to buy, and that just reminded me. Like I was, you you can't imagine how hard it is to to like see people that are just these just aloof Americans who are on the state funded tours. And they're being taken through this, these these places where it's like, here's where Castro triumphed over the inv- the invaders in the Bay of Pigs, and you know they got all the tanks there, they got everything that they that the people left, and you know these people are, you know, leaving with Che Guevara shirts, and one guy was like, you know, <laughs> I, was, I, I didn't say anything because I just was like. You know, if I did, I would I would have gotten into a million fights. You know, it's like <laughs> this guy's like these Cubans sure do sure do love their 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 classic cars. And I'm thinking to myself, dude, this is not by choice. Like, you know, up until like the mid 2000s, actually, I, I had a friend who had just come from Cuba and he's big into cars, and they started to allow, you know, parts to come in. So these people were having illegal drag racing over there, which was yeah. kind of cool. But like, we were on a, a tour that was by a private company that came in. Um, after Obama, at the end of his administration, released some of these restrictions, and I honestly was so excited about that. And my dad was, you know, I didn't, I didn't trust what my dad was saying because all he does is watch Fox News, and he's like, "Well, this is a terrible deal," and I'm like, "What are you talking about, man? This is going to help them, you know?" Um, actually, I find out in practice that it didn't. You know, number one, uh, what do you think is going to happen when you got crony capitalists? Um, opening things up they open up the channels that they want opened they put the the companies that are usually not the companies that are local in there and so number one I spoke to the guys who are taking us around and the guy who's taking us around he's like five four you know he's a little short guy and you know he's just telling us and I'm and I'm like 
So things got to be better now, right? Because number one, I I was so surprised at how he was he was sharing details. You know, there's there's a phrase in Spanish like when you say like um, hablando a calzón quitado, like t talking with your underwear off, like speaking frankly. And I'm <laughs> yeah. like, you know, like I'm like, man, like how are you doing that? He's like, well, yeah. I mean, now with Raúl, you know, we we can complain about things more. I mean, they haven't changed, but we can complain about them. And then when we got to the big plaza where Castro would give these six-hour speeches that were so ridiculous and people were just like, I mean, it's kind of like imagine going to a Kim Jong-un thing and you have to like fake it like you're there and it's amazing and it's, a, and it's just literally just droning on for hours. And so, of course, I, my little one, he was, he was four um, and he was passed out in the... Um, We were in a 57, um, one of those uh, classic cars, you know, pink with, you know, white. And, and we were in the car and he was passed out. And so I stayed back. And so now I'm just chilling with the cab drivers and they're, we're just all talking. Of course, they're seeing me and they're like, who is this guy? Like, he's so big, you know, like, <laughs> you know, like, how did he get so big? And I'm here talking about like, you know, you got to eat meat, you know, and I'm, I'm so naive And he's like, listen, I, I'd probably be better off killing someone than, than butchering a cow. You know, if, if you get caught, you know, you better disappear that thing and make sure there's no traces of it and no one sees you. And then they joke about the guy who was driving me around, who, like, told you, the short guy. And you're like, you know, they were just joking. Because everything is a joke, man. Like, yeah. you know, you start to get, you, you know, gallows humor and... um You know, they're like, they cut this guy's milk allowance, you know, too early. And look, that's why he's so short, you know, like, <laughs> and they're laughing about it. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. and I'm like, am I supposed to laugh? You know, like, but it's, it's like, it's amazing how resilient humans are, man. It really brings an appreciation um, because even here, like, you know, number one, if you buy something, you can finance it. You don't have to buy it cash. You know, you have property protection, you, um, You know, if you if you don't pay your rent for months, you know, you have ways of like staying in your house. Like there's there's just so many luxuries that we have air conditioning, you know, clean water, all that stuff. And um, and that disappears, you know, when you have communism and like people need to understand, man, like I don't understand like how it continues. All I can think of, you know, I'm a I'm, I'm Christian. So I think about that and I just say like. You know, God, God allows humans to um, be because because from a from a religious standpoint, like, it, you know, the Bible says that Satan, you know, rules the world, but he doesn't technically rule the world because he he doesn't have that dominion. We as humans have dominion. But what he can do is influence humans. And, you know, when people hear this, they're like, oh, man, this is so crazy, so weird. But understand this, like, it's pretty easy to understand that you don't even have to know that you're doing evil because everyone around you is being incentivized in a different way. You may be incentivized by money. So-and-so may be incentivized by, you know, um, extortion. And everyone is coming together to do this work that is, you know, just, just destroying humanity, you know? And so it continues um, because of the world we live in. Um, but obviously, I think it's really our job to speak up against all of these things and do what we can and then live the lives that we can. Because, I mean, you know, let's be honest, like, you know, whoever's in office, 
is not really going to be as far as president goes is not really going to be our choice anyway and so like you know for me what, what we look at because i still got my i still got my 2012 ron paul because i was <laughs> i was you know hitting the doors you know i was yeah. knocking on doors it's coming up on 10 years now um and you know i remember what happened to him at the republican convention and i just was like that's when i became pretty much a political atheist you know that's what i call it um you know obviously politics doesn't solve anything but you know what you could do is you know practice nullification you know um engage in these like um parallel economies you know bartering and and um when it comes to issues like you know freedom and and the ability to homeschool those issues come up in my state you know i'm all about it you know but people don't understand that and like people are saying you know i hope ron DeSantis runs for for um president because he's our governor yeah. i'm like please don't leave <laughs> i want to yeah. keep this guy here yeah no you know, he's a great he's governor a good job stay there yeah. you know yeah yeah it's it's really interesting um i mean you mentioned being a christian um i mean one of the fundamental uh I guess pillars of communism or socialism is uh, the, the rejection of all of religion because the state is your religion at that mm -hmm. point. Uh, you have to worship the party. The party's what matter. Um, and it's, it's really interesting. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm a millennial. Um, so, you know, sorry everyone for, my generation <laughs> hey but you know what though like i mean we can we can do we can be just as hard on the yeah. um on the baby boomers dude like they, oh yeah they really screwed things up too yeah so. it's it's true i mean every generation's got its downside mm -hmm. and you know it's i think my generation was just so far removed from a lot of struggle um mm -hmm. that when they hear the idea of equality you know it actually sounds good to them yep. instead of them not knowing uh because my gener generation never had to struggle like a like most you know mm -hmm. um and it's it's just so interesting to be able to watch you know kids that i went to school with or whatever they'll they'll go into university just normal people you know eager to learn want to do something great in the world and then they come out wearing a Che Guevara t-shirt <laughs> yeah man and it's, it's a joke so it's like do you guys realize that that man was a monster killed children for fun like mm -hmm. and gay people mm -hmm. you know I mean black people I mean he, he was he was a monster man and then Castro had him killed you know like he put him wherever he was I think it was Bolivia where he he got killed you know fighting the good fight of course because no. you always gotta you always gotta raise up those icons you know exactly and that's i mean that's even more than stalin did stalin would just you know disappear you erase you yeah never speak about you ever again so and anyone that yeah did, literally take you out of the pictures <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, i think what happened with it with stalin uh, just real quick sorry to interrupt oh no, you're just good. like it got to that point where when you become such a megalomaniac you know a megalomaniac you you and you start you know these these um self-fulfilling prophecies you don't trust anyone um and then nobody because you don't trust them they feel like they have to lie to you and then you say that all they do is lie and then it keeps fulfilling itself but like finally when he got to that point where it's like pretty much kill everyone then they're like okay we need to kill this guy he's gone too far 
Um, and we need to bring someone else. Of course, keep the power, but he took it too far. So I mean, but yeah, you know, with the with the with the religion thing, my mom was of course in a Catholic school, and that was disbanded. And they they gave them um, dolls, and they were like basically like God didn't give you this. You know, Castro gave this to you. You know, and these these of course dangling carrots at first, but then it becomes cracking the whip later. You know. Yeah, it's it's honestly rough to see. Um, it, you know, if you zoom out and look at things, you know, a, a little bit further, it, it's kind of interesting. I see a lot of social engineering, uh, a lot of things being pushed, uh, social manipulation, if you will, of mm-hmm. certain ideas that definitely set set the course for uh, socialism, communism, to be so welcomed. Um, Pretty much like it never had been before in the United States. Um, And now we've got so many people calling for it. Um, You you got organizations like Black Lives Matter, which is such an emotional manipulation. It's like, of course, Black Lives Matter. (laughs) Nobody's nobody's arguing that. And that's what I believe is so... Uh, devious about it is that to go against them they can just call you racist and it's like no you're talking about destroying capitalism you're you're not talking about like uh the equal rights of people with different skin color you know like you're you're talking about communism and then you know oh you're just a racist it's like you have no argument is what you're telling me you know yeah so what what parallels do you see uh, in between what's happened in Cuba and what's going on now? Well, I think, um, was it Trotsky or one of these guys in the early 1900s who really, um, really found that idea of race? That was that was a really powerful idea that they could use. Um, and like you said, you know, the entire philosophy of communism is an appeal to emotion fallacy. You know, it's what that's what um, um, Marx did, you know, and he was, of course, all these people are all freeloaders. You know, he never did anything, never built anything, you know, always lived off of others. And so what I see in the United States, I think if we just go back, even people don't understand how far reaching this social engineering is and how um, they always they always think it's it's relegated only to politics and they don't understand like for example if we go back to the 50s and we see there was this based group of young people that you know either they their friends their fathers fought in world war ii um and now in the the wake of world war ii we have the rise of communism and then people in our government are talking about you know going to vietnam and all this stuff and you know that this is like they're like this is ridiculous you know and these are talking we're talking about people like you and i you know whether they're professionals or entrepreneurs and you know they they look clean cut they they but then that's that's a problem for the social engineers so they have to insert people to start to change the culture so you have people like timothy leary who are just pushing this um, you know, this, this, what, what ended up happening is like the hippie thing happened. And, and, and then all of a sudden anti-war 
was automatically associated with drug culture and orgies and, you know, all this stuff. And so now then, you know, it splits off. It's typical Hegelian dialectic where it's like they they know where they're taking things. They got people on both sides. And um, now if you don't support this war and if you don't support what the government's doing, now you're just a hippie and you don't love this country. And it's the same sentiment i mean it's over and over it's dizzying like how how much it happens so like we start to see that and then we see that now and and people don't understand that like you know they watch either fox news or they watch cnn um and you know they're being corralled and they're being kind of put into these paths that always lead to the same place and so like you know you can't really say I mean, look at the Republican Party. Like, I mean, they, 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 they're terrible. They just, you know, how many 80 people signed on to that um, thing where you can figure out who has a vaccine and who doesn't. And, you know, because of the way they've changed culture, because of the way they are putting things into place, they're very big on incrementalism. And, um, you know, it always leads to somewhere. And, you know, people like you and I are just like, look at history, look at history. And, you know, um, when you look at it from afar, you tend to wonder how the heck did they let things get that way, you know? Um, but it's unfortunate because a lot of the time, what was done 10, 15 years ago, 20, 30 years ago, like you look, whatever, whenever that happened in Australia, you know, where they lost, you know, their ability to protect themselves. Now it's really hard. Like what is gonna come of these massive protests? You know, like when the rubber hits the road, you know, it's like, please, sir, you know, all of us, you know, look, all of us are here saying, please, sir, you know, don't do anything. And, and you know, I don't know, it, it eventually, once the PR is no longer able to be fixed, eventually the, the, the foot comes down on your throat, you know, and then people start dying. So, I mean, I see that happening here. I see, you know, the worst case of um, Stockholm syndrome, you know, where people are allowing themselves to to really get caught up and say, like, if you don't have if you've if you've not accepted the offer for a, a, a product, you know, like an actual commercial product, then you are, you're, you know, it's I, I saw. Let me see if I still have the meme. It was this the best meme that I've seen recently. It's like um, <laughs> I gave my freedom away to get my freedom back and I'm still not free and it's all your fault. You know, <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, I think I saw you know, that. It's like Ralph Wiggum, you know, like, yeah. and it's just like, that's exactly it. You know, like, you, you, you know, you have to, from the very beginning, you have to realize that you have a choice and it's not convenient. Like right now I've been saying like, we're at the point where they're, they're hurting our convenience. Like, you know, maybe you have to go into a barbershop and, you know, you, you can't go in unless you wear a mask. And I'm like, well, barbershops are out. You know, my barber comes to my house. Well, here and where I live, it's pretty cool. Like, I'm literally going to get a haircut after this. So yeah. um, there's not going to be any masks or anything like that. But, you know, we're, we're just talking about services right now. We're not even at the point where, um, but I'm seeing stuff in, in Canada you know, where they're putting in these, these, um, I don't know if you've seen these, um, these, uh, where, you know, your typical freezers where, where all the food is, you know, they, they're putting these things in place that right now you're open, you're able to open it, but it's like the structures there that when they hit that lock button and you put in, you know, you don't have that right barcode, you're not going to be able to get to it. And so, 
yeah, this is why we are all screaming and people are like, you know, conspiracy theorists. And, you know, what I say, I heard someone say this and I've been using this for months now is like you're a coincidence theorist, you know, like you have to think so hard that everything is a coincidence and you're being literally led to your slaughter. And along the way, everybody who's trying to warn you, you're lashing out at them. You know, yeah. like get over yourself, dude, get over yourself. You know, we're just trying to help, man. We're just trying to help all of us because we realize that we're all going to be screwed. And I'm not even like a, a collectivist in that sense in any way. But at the same time, I realized that, you know, like um, who was really good about this. Uh, Dostoevsky was really good about this, you know, because, you know, if you read his stuff, you're like, man, he really does think that, you know, everybody's personal decision affects everyone and he he comes down hard in his you know in it's this literature but you know he comes down hard on it but then you really start to see as it plays out like that's really what's happening like you know get your crap in order you know and 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 do your part just in your little circle and your little area to stand your ground because these like like we saw what's happening around the world like all of a sudden curfews and lockdowns you know and 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 things like that sounds like prisoners you know that sounds like a prison like a worldwide prison and people are like conspiracy theorists and it's like <laughs> okay <laughs> you know, like yeah. all right guys it's like you know do you have an actual argument or are you just gonna deflect and just not address yeah, it's the really issue? prideful it's so prideful man it, like like you know i'm i'm willing to and this is why i think people like us we have been able to at some point along the way for me it was 9 11 because i was i was in new york city um when that happened and you know that's when i first realized that i was wrong about something and then as you continue to look into things and then you realize you're wrong again and once you realize you're wrong like a million times it becomes really really easy to to become open to new ideas and that's what i'm telling people right now like you know i have friends that you know, from Colombia that I used to argue with about stuff and, you know, they're coming around, you know, and I'm just like, yeah, man, it's the same. It, you know, now let's, let's, let's move that across the board and look into all these other things because it really is no different, but, but there it's different. No, it's not. It's really not. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, it's, I'm always skeptical of anything government. Um, mm -hmm. I, I have a fundamental belief that government the there there's only two things that they can do well and that's one violence and <laughs> two make things worse those are the only two <laughs> things that they're really really great at and if i ever need a service for either of those two things then government is where i would go yeah. uh, they have a monopoly on violence um but I don't, I don't see the need for that. And so anytime anyone says, oh, well, the government needs to do this, I'm like, stop right yeah, there. That's, stop. That's, where, that's the problem right there is you keep running to the government for this or that. Not even just your, like your local government, like your county or your state or anything. You're running to the federal government. Oh, and, uh, what, a, what a dangerous thing to do. Exactly. So and anytime they, I see people uh, pushing for anything, uh, right now, it's the the vaccine mandates, and it's like you've got to be kidding me, right? And I, I'll give it to them. Some of these people are pretty clever in pushing this message. Um, yeah, you know, I I spent some time on Clubhouse. Uh, I don't know if you've ever been on there. 
And you know, I'm so bad at that, man. I know that Clubhouse is is worth it, you know, and I I got on it and 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 then I never did anything. But like, yeah, yeah people would invite me to to be on these things. I love that because it's just literally just just listening to people talk and and all that. Yeah, yeah I, I so you I were on liberty minded ones. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I'm I'm always on there uh, pushing the ideas of uh, libertarianism, um, and dealing with uh, uh, all kinds of kooky people, you know, uh, just having some a conversation with some flat earthers, and that was interesting. Uh, and there, there's quite a few uh, communists on there, or even if they don't know it, they're, you know, like socialists or something. The, the, the ideas that they're pushing are very antithetical to liberty. And so I push right back. Um, because I, I look at Clubhouse as a interactive talk radio. You know, you can you can just put it on in the background. Uh, I listen to podcasts anyways, you know. Um, yeah, listen, listen to lectures and stuff. And so sometimes sometimes I like to be involved and be able to, uh, you know, shut somebody down if they're saying something crazy. Uh, so it is a good tool for that, you know. Um, but it's... It's really scary to see a lot of these people pushing these things. Um, you don't have to look too far, um, either what's going on in the world right now or in the history books, to see the exact power and uh, abuse that can come from the government. Um, but you get words like fair. I hate that word. <laughs> it's not and fair. Equity. Yeah, equity. We need I mean, things they, to be but they're equal. like their words. Sometimes, sometimes, you know, it's a complete redefining of of the context of a word too. That's what oh, yeah. sucks about it. They're so good with language. Like, imagine what would what you'd be able to do if you weren't productive. You know, actually yeah. like creating <laughs> stuff. Yeah, if you know? I didn't have a job and could just yeah. sit around. Oh man, yeah, I could. Uh, I could really, uh, you know, push my narrative easily. Yeah, you know. Yep. And perfect it. Yeah, exactly. Well, and I've got all my uh, out-of-work friends, and we just sit and complain about how <laughs> capitalism is so hard, and you know it's unfair that we have to have money and things, and oh, it makes me. Well, it's like, wait a second. Like, where do we start? Like, do we start with some sort of inheritance? Like, you know, you literally do start at zero, and mm. I'm 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 of the belief that that again you have to bring context into it but like we do live in a world of abundance like for example yeah. i'll buy a squash and i'll have like you know 30 40 seeds in there for a bunch of squash you know like and we're growing food in our backyard and it's like you really do see that we live in an abundant world but not in the way that you know people like the zeitgeist weirdos are, are saying like and we do we live in an abundant world but it takes work you know like you have to you know you got to plant the seed you got to take care of your food you got to if you have animals you got to take care of them nobody wants to hear that um because they do think that i don't know be, again it's that it's just being so sheltered and so comfortable you know that that you just don't even appreciate that we all start at zero you know like you have to create wealth wealth is wealth is either created or redistributed <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know it doesn't just it doesn't just like you know like just like i mean i could teach my kids you know remember that i'm sure you've seen it like uh scrooge mcduck showing his you know his grandkids why 
um, why you can't just keep printing money. They had a they had a money printer, you know, and and what happens to that, and who benefits from the printing of money. So um, there's a lot of good stuff. Like I, I'm sure you've heard. Have you ever heard of the Tuttle Twins series? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, love we had Connor Boyack on the podcast. You know, like I, I love what he did back in the day when he was at the Tenth Amendment Center. He he fought a lot of battles and won a lot of battles for the state of Utah. Um, but these are the ways that we battle these things. Like and 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 like we have um, um, what's his name? What's the the website now? I don't remember because I haven't been on it so long. But um, uh, what's uh, Hayek and? Um, the guy who was, who was around during Hayek, but it was a website that basically has so much literature for free. Like that's where I picked up, you know, Murray Rothbard, Anatomy yeah. of the State, literally like three, pair, a few pages, you know, Bastia. You, you can look at, you can find all these things for free. Yeah, you can usually you can find really those at uh, uh, the Mises Institute. There you go, yep. Mises.org. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of, Hayek and Mises, you know, yep. um, Road to Serfdom, you know, like, and um, obviously we're not given those books in school we're given keynesian books and people are learning all types of equations that that really give them this false sense that 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 economies can be managed and and prices can mm-hmm. be fixed and wages can be fixed and it, you know like it's just so comical when you look at since the creation of the federal reserve it's literally what has destroyed the dollar you know yeah. like and that and its express purpose supposedly was to manage inflation and manage you know all of these things so um it's um i i hope you know new people listen you know <laughs> that's yeah. that's the goal because i know a lot of the people that are listening are probably their typical audience are you know nodding their head vigorously but like how do we i like the idea of of there's a certain type of person that has to do this this is why with my boys we're really big on you know the trivium and the quadrivium um because we of course we've lost the ability lo- logic and rhetoric and um and we've lost that ability. And so, you know, we can have the press secretary come up there and, and say that national laws supersede state laws and no one bats an eye. Yeah. And, and it's like, what about the 10th Amendment? Yeah. <laughs> but people don't know that even they don't know the difference between the Declaration of Independence. They don't know. They don't know. They think of, for example, like they think of if you hear the Articles of Confederation, you're just like, well, that's the Confederacy. Um, And, you know, there's like, it's like good and bad. And this, you know, always these false binaries and and never looking at the true stories and looking at the ability to reject. Like, I'm a fan of quoting people that I just can't stand. Like, um, I'll quote, I've quoted Obama. (laughs) I've quoted Chomsky. (laughs) You know, um, Chomsky has really good stuff on, on, um, on censorship um, and I think it's important that we do that because again we've the adult mind has been so infantilized lately in the last 20 years it's gotten worse than ever and it's like you know literally like poop flinking poop flinging mm-hmm. online like it's you just flinging poop at each other and you can't <laughs> yeah, even really like is. you can't we have we have a, a really cool thing here called urban cottage and it's like it's like this very Montessorian homeschool tutoring place that my kids go to um and they spend 13 hours a week there and she has created like a book club and so we have a lot of people with money and unfortunately they tend to be 
brainwashed you know like if you go in the rich areas of tampa like you you saw clinton um you know placards on their lawn and you saw biden placards and you're like how the heck do they and it's because like you know when you're that rich you got good accountants you know you got a good team of people you live you go to the social events where everybody's like can you believe what these people are doing you know and it's like they don't live in a reality you know and yeah. they don't understand that like it's so funny how just the the narrative of like these rich elites that are claiming and unfortunately the poorest of us are the ones that are victim to that because the middle class is the is the ones that are like you know, out there working, you know, and not saying that the poor aren't, but like because of their situation, they become so vulnerable to the messages that are being pushed. And I mean, it, it happens with the black community here. Like, you know, I, I go to a predominantly black church and my pastor is in Hillary Clinton's book, um, Why I Lost. He's he's she's uh, credits him as one of the reasons because he was out here campaigning against her with the abortion issue and that was a big factor for her um and you know a lot of people in in certain groups that are targeted um voting blocks that they fall victim to this and you know you want to tell them and then when you do someone comes in and says you're racist or someone comes in and says you know but i i've never personally been affected by that i'm just like okay i mean I yeah. really, I, I, you know, I stay calm in those things. And, um, but it, it is, you know, the venue is definitely not good. Facebook and Instagram is not a good venue. So what I've done recently is I'll, I'll just like, I'll humble myself, um, which is hard to do. But if you can step back and humble yourself and say, listen, you're being deceived. I'd love to, you know, continue this conversation with you on voice note, on DM, you know, listen to my voice, hear what I'm saying, you know, don't, you know, you hear the, mm -hmm. the typing, you can see it with the, the violent typing as they're doing it. And, and you know, um, it's hard because of the, the, the venues that we're, that we're communicating on. Um, and it's all by design. Like I just was thinking about YouTube yesterday. Like, can you imagine what's happening when we lose the transparency of, of dislikes, you know, where now YouTube could even bump up the dislikes quietly on on something that they want to um you know suppress and and that alone because of the algorithms how they're created um can can really shift things um have you ever heard of the tavistock institute have you seen anything that they do i haven't they're they're very important in my opinion like they're they're a social engineering they're a pr firm um tavistock uh t-a-v-i-s-t-o-c-k and they were huge in you know creating the story of the Beatles and you know I, I really think the, the 60s is a, is pr pretty much the most damaging decade in this in this country's history as far as like what was put into place yeah um, I and, can agree and with like, that yeah they're, they're like you know what they do is they'll not only will they create the trend they'll so people will start to think about that they'll insert the idea but then they're the ones who push the idea forward and make it look as if the culture is this way and then of course they're the ones who are um funding all of the the people who they're pushing out there as the you know our our idols you know whether they be in music you know actors you know all areas of the culture and um that's a, that's a big deal because people don't like to feel 
off the reservation. You know, people will like to they'll, they'll they'll say they'll always default to like the middle path, which, you know, you know, you like to, this sounds good, the middle, you know, and then right or left. And it's like, you know, well, I happen to think and this is they'll, what they'll do is they'll they, they won't even look into what you're saying. Mm-hmm. They'll just they'll just rationalize the position that seems the middle path and it, it allows things to continue to rot, you know, into where they are. Yeah. Yeah, it's really interesting seeing it. Um I mean, once once you open that Pandora's box, you know, it's once you've expanded your mind, it can't go back. Yeah. And I mean, there's there's just weird things like hero worship. Um yeah. like the worship of like celebrities and just well-known people uh, even politicians at this point, you know, some politicians are just worshipped, and it's, mm-hmm. you know, they're they're all false idols. So mm-hmm. it's uh, it's disturbing to me. I mean, I'm, I don't know where I am on the uh, the the religious thing. Uh, I'm definitely uh, defending Christians more often than than not. You know, and it's like, uh, well, Christians are uh, largely responsible for uh, the the tone and the direction that the that western civilization has set for us and i think that it's the best direction to go in uh, it has its faults of course but like you you can't deny what western civilization is um and that's why people are trying to destroy it through certain things like idol worship and social manipulation uh i always like to point out that feminism is actually it it doesn't benefit women it benefits men it's like my wife as well my wife is big on that you know women free the nipple movement oh no (laughs) thank you you know like you're yeah women women have really been deceived by feminism man and they're you know what they they end up they're told that they're supposed to you know and I know that this is unpopular, but for example, like you, you, you're supposed to follow your career and you're supposed to do these things. And what ends up happening, uh, my wife has seen it a lot. Um, like now you're in your mid thirties and no matter what you do, you're not going to be able to fight that biological clock. You know, you're going to start to feel rushed and then you rush into a relationship with someone who's probably not the best for you. And now, you know, of course it also, men haven't done their job. And so because of that, we have I mean, look at how men are portrayed, you know, like Peter Griffin, you know, Al Bundy, Homer Simpson, um, on and on. Any man on a commercial. Yeah. The guy's always always dumb. Yeah. And I mean, it's not it's not cool. Like women. uh, I mean, my wife, I know for a fact. I mean, it's not not normal, but I mean, she's very happy and we have traditional roles in our house. And um, but yeah, that's a that's a whole other big lie. And when you look at that, like look at Gloria Steinem and the fact that she was CIA and mm-hmm. um, you know, like all these people are. I find it so weird that we've come to a point where it's 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 no longer cool to be punk rock. It's no longer cool to be you know um, you know a, a rebel. It's cool to fall in line. And if you and if you're a rebel, that's that's the thing that's not cool, and that is so weird to me because it wasn't like that. You know, it, it was it was never like that. 
you know even just five years ago you know the left was screaming about massive corporations and stuff and now they're shilling yeah. for them yeah which, and i'm like i'm all i'm with them like i'm you know if a, if a corporation gets too big it's usually it's rarely ever natural it's yeah. always because of some sort of lobbying that happened that you know either kept the little guy out through regulations or you know um gave him favorable whether it was um you know um subsidies or something like that and yep. you know i'm with that you know because that's that's really when you look at the corporation as we see it it really is a, a, an evil thing now yep. but it's you know i have a corporation i'm incorporated you know yep. i'm not evil but we're not talking about all of them and that's the problem where you know those those they diverge and it's like all corporations are bad well how am i going to protect my assets how am i going to you know make sure that that you know i i, I have you know a, a framework where i can predict and make good decisions um and you, you know people don't even know what the calculation problem is you know yeah. like where people you know when something's not your assets you know how are you going to know that's why government cheese is so expensive that's why government any, anything <laughs> yeah. is so yeah. expensive you know so uh, yeah, it's brutal. You know, one issue I see is uh, people not understanding basic economics. Um, mm -hmm. It's not taught in schools. You know, I, I was never taught economics in school. Everything I know I had to learn after school. Uh, it's just reading Outside books. Of it. Yeah. So that's like one of the biggest issues I see right there. Um, and I get into this argument a lot it's it's always the corporations the corporations like they just don't care and i'm like well okay that's kind of not true but i see what you mean and i agree with you like there's certain companies that are way too big and there's no competition for them that's the mm -hmm. issue there's no competition for them and it's because the government shut it out they've regulated it to the point where trying to start a competing business is pointless or it costs, it takes way too much capital that the only people that can afford it are the mega rich. And so that plus uh, government subsidies. So we're paying for these, you know, with our stolen money. And, <laughs> you know, they get all these tax breaks and everything. And it's like, well, that, that was government's doing. Government's playing favoritism and allowing these corporations to get this big. So it's not like uh, that's just the way corporate America runs. You know, yeah, it's a dog yeah. eat dog world, but it's a little bit different when the government's in your favor, and uh, the you know Congress has a, a, a buys a lot of your stock and makes money from your business being successful. So they you know uh, enact laws in favor of, and then people want to say it's the corporations, and I'm like, okay, I agree with you that the corporations are big doing these terrible things, but why are they doing it? The government. I, I always Everybody's going to try to have an, an unequal advantage. Everybody's yep. going to do whatever they can to have that advantage. And unfortunately, our culture is not healthy. So, you know, people, I understand that people aren't going to do things for altruistic reasons, you know. Um, and unfortunately, a lot of the time, the bottom line is at odds with, you know, the, the overall health of the country and overall, you know, personal, you know, um, success of people. But like you said, it's it's not, you know, if, if we didn't have these things that were forcing us into creating these massive corporations, you know, it wouldn't be that way, man. It just wouldn't. 
Well, look at um, the start of the lockdown. You know, they uh, told all these small businesses closed down, yet Walmart was open, Costco was open. And I thought it was also even just an added layer of absurdity. They closed one side of the door. You know, they wanted people to spread out, and yet they funneled everyone through one set of doors. Yeah. It didn't make sense to me. It's a mockery. It's a total mockery. I remember that when they started to put the um, the the arrows, and uh, you know, I would always walk against the arrows. And I saw a woman one time. I was walking through one of these big stores, and and I saw a woman about. She she had to go into my freaking aisle. You know, the aisle that I was going. She was about. I saw her the corner of my eye. She was about to walk to the next row, and then I walked through against the arrow, and she was like, "Ah, "Screw it, I'm going to do it too." Yeah, guys, mm-hmm. do that. You know, like, this is stupid. Why is this happening? You know, like, people get in line. You know, like, why is there a line? And I just walk to the front of the line and I'll just walk in. And, you know, I'm not doing it to be a jerk. I'm doing it because I want people to think, like, why are we being corralled this way? Yeah. You know, um, it's it's not natural order. It is 100% chaos. And, you know, people want to say that anarchy is chaos. And I've, I've changed that way because I, I, I was a hardcore anarcho-capitalist. But now I'm not saying that I I'm not saying that I that I'm a minarchist. I'm just saying that I, I just because of my beliefs, I'm, I'm just saying that, look, I my job is to call out the BS no matter no. what. You know, like I'm just going to, uh, you know, I like like I said, like I believe that, you know, for example, if, if we were to be in the end times, which I truly believe we are, and you wanted to pick the perfect president for that, you'd pick a guy who poops himself and farts on on camera and, you know, kisses little boys and rubs little girl's hair and, and just does all this stuff that just because obviously yeah. also the culture side of that is it's literal endless fodder. <laughs> Let's go, Brandon. Like, yeah, <laughs> I'm all about that. You know, yeah. like I'm. Uh, I think DeSantis actually came to Brandon specifically, which is where I live, by the way. It's called nice. Brandon, um, which is like 20 minutes um, east of, of downtown Tampa. He came here just to sign a law, so people could say, "Let's go, Brandon." <laughs> <laughs> That's great. And I don't know about you. Where Where do you live? I'm I'm actually in Utah. So I'm, okay, cool, yeah, cool. About so 45 minutes north of Salt Lake City. Okay. Well, like, I don't know about where you are, but like, I can tell you, especially driving up and down the state of Florida uh, during the Thanksgiving break, let me tell you, man, every single gas pump had Let's Go Brandon or I Did This, you know, those little stickers. Yeah. I actually <laughs> saw a, a picture of someone that was here in Florida that's, that was the, it was the owner of the gas station that said, you know, we have cameras, and if you if you take my stickers off, I'm going to press charges because <laughs> they were the ones who were putting the stickers. And oh, again, wow. people people don't. I mean, I know that gas station owners do have some leeway in, in, in rising raising prices, and they can get into shenanigans when things yeah. happen. But like, it's funny because people don't even understand why gas prices are high. And like in general, even before what's like, you know, what what Biden did and undid. Taxes are the majority of the reason why these things are high in the first place. You yeah. know, so when gas prices go up, um, a lot of the time something was passed, some stupid new cool law or some stupid new, um, or not cool law. What was the um, the laws for the um, for fuel efficiency? Um, it's, it's it's like one of those acronyms. 
and you're right they always they always name them like the patriot act and like mm -hmm. the you know build back better plan you know it was bad so we're going to build it back better uh meanwhile there's there's so many things that have nothing to do with building anything mm -hmm. um so it's yeah it's it's interesting I, also it doesn't help that you know they just constantly keep printing money you know, Ugh. just in, introducing yeah. trillions of dollars into a system Trump that was wasn't bad, really man. stable anyways. So, yeah. And that's why I really think that that the economy just it's almost impossible for them to un unleash the economy completely, because if they do, I don't see the way the culture is. I don't see us ever going back to like and having like that Volcker moment where we're like. 18% you know interest rates and things like that yeah. where you know uh, that's not going to happen those corrections are no longer going to happen yeah um so it's like finding new things um and new gimmicks to 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 somehow keep this thing going uh and you die and, and you you know you, you don't worry about what's happening most of the time these people don't worry about what's happening after they die you know like they're taken care of their kids are probably taken care of and you know oh yeah can, they'll, it, they'll be fine yeah so. So uh, one thing I wanted to touch on that does kind of fall into all of this is um, the the state of young men these days and the, the lack of getting exercise, getting proper nutrition. Um, I mean, there, there's kind of the joke, uh, the soy boy, you know. I mean, <laughs> there's, there's proof that, you know, soy does not fare well for, you know, men. Uh, it mimics estrogen. And, you know, get you all flabby, uh, mm -hmm. get you weak. Um, I personally believe a, a lot of that's part of the cause of, like, why a lot of young men are switching to the belief of communism. Um, lack of exercise. I'm uh, with you. Yeah. Uh, w what do you think is a good solution to start at least tackling this massive issue that we've run into? You know, people don't have to educate themselves on just how multifaceted this uh, attack is, you know, from the plastics and the xenoestrogens. If they are interested, I highly recommend a book called Estro Generation, written by my buddy, uh, Anthony J. Really smart PhD. He was an epigeneticist for the Mayo Clinic up until literally a few weeks ago. He finally quit. He oh, was wow. working with viruses. He was doing all this stuff. And, you know, you, you can't imagine the pressure is being put on him and he literally just quit but that book is really good because it shows you know our personal care products you know the, the soy is interesting because the soy is like it's you know it's carcinogenic and i remember reading a book called the soy conspiracy back in like 2001 and i was my friends know that when they ask me something i'm gonna go off and they love <laughs> to get me going so they'll be like hey daddy what do you think about that and i'm like well i'll tell you you know um but soy is not even it's it's really bad and it's carcinogenic and it and it does there's there's the plastics there's the personal care products there's the um what else um there's our house cleaning products there's so many things that are feminizing us and if you go into the scientific community like i mentioned anthony like his peers some of them aren't even they're creating euphemisms for scientific terms so for example like if you look at the study that that showed that Four generations later, a frog that was that was exposed to some of these things had become feminized, and that's a scientific term, and they change it to birth defects. And it's like, well, no, you you literally put an epigenetic mark on that animal's um, DNA that that 
literally changed the line forever because once you get to the fourth generation you can no longer say that it's literally like it's it's permanent and so um the other thing is like you know my buddy mike has been big on this high intensity health mike mutzel he when he came and visited me three years ago to do an interview um I like to talk about mindset. I like to talk about this topic as well. And he's like, well, what comes first? And I and I truly believe that if your diet's not in order, you're not going to have those insights. You know, you're just not, you know. And so it's tr- it is true that you become uh, completely unable to um, awaken to like realities and you just become so much more vulnerable to every like wind of new gimmicks and new weird you know philosophies so i think you know the number one thing is is to nail down like these big bucket items you know definitely you know have a have a a mindful practice as far as having a morning routine you know planning out your day you know don't just go with the wind of of what's happening that day so like for me it's it's a it's an hour and a half long process you know focus on how you're going to manage stress focus on your sleep eat lots of animal protein you know because again you know they 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 like to talk about this whole vegan agenda and this whole um you know climate change agenda i'm a fan of i'm like i said as a christian i i i'm a fan i i I believe that we're given this land and we have to manage it and we need to take care of it and so you know people saying well ah you know like it's just the bluster thing that happens too like where it's like um you know you 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 rebel against what's what's happening and it doesn't help the cause because now it's just like well you're just insensitive but at the same time you know one of the arguments that we'll hear the two ones that i that i love the most are are the fact that you know if we if we eat you know a pound of beans you know we're going to get the same amount of protein as we would with you know um or more protein as we would with um a pound of of red meat right yeah and you know you're looking at you're looking at crude protein so you're looking at protein as a macronutrient, but you're not looking at the most important thing, which is the amino acid content, which for maintaining muscle and um, and a healthy, you know, um, body composition is leucine, which is the most anabolic amino acid. It's the most important amino acid, and it turns out that these other um, these plant proteins are are not rich in those, and not so to you're saying the- tofu is out. <laughs> oh, dude. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, please don't do that. Please don't do the tofu. And, you know, good news, by the way. You yeah. don't have to do the tofu. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and, and like, so that's a big one um, because, you know, that, that, that right off the bat, I just shared a study this week on, um, they, they, it was a well-designed study. So it was, uh, it was a, um, you know, epidemiological studies are terrible in general. You know, they used, I used to say they're good for predicting viruses, but then I realized that even that, it's terrible for that too. Um, but they use that for food and it's 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 really was never designed for that and, and there's so much manipulation. But like, you know, this was a um, randomized controlled trial where they had a group where the, the meat group was 70% animal protein, 30% plants. Then they had a 50-50 group. Then they had a, a, a plant-based group that was 30% animal-based, 70% plant-based. Interesting. And the interesting thing is now we're going into a micronutrient like um, 
or or a mineral like iodine or uh, a, a vitamin like B12 or iron, for example. So iron in animals is different than iron in plants. And they they said that the iron intake of the plant-based group and the 50-50 group was better than the animal group. But because non-heme iron, which is the iron in plants, is useless, there was no different in the iron status of the people. So you can have higher amounts of a mineral which look good on or, or you know, a hormone or whatever it is, a, a micronutrient, a, a vitamin on a label. And if you're not aware that, you know, what does that mean in reality, then you can get let yourself get swayed. And, you know, it turns out that B12 and iodine, which are very important, iodine being for thyroid health and B12 for all types of stuff, energy, um, those were much better in the animal group. And so um, these are the type of things that I don't know, like I'm out there talking about it. You know, I hope people like open up to it. But the bottom line is just, you know, you want to be doing some resistance training at least three times a week, especially for the long term. I know people don't think in the long term, but if you when you get to that point where you can't get off the toilet, you know, that's where things happen, where, you know, you have those people breaking their hips, you have sarcopenia. Um, and so that's really important. And then the fact that it's important for um, hormonal health, you know, um, and, and, and keeping your testosterone high. So doing like, you know, um, big joint exercises like the squat, the bench, the deadlift, you know, overhead press, pull-ups. Those are those alone. If you just did those and you did a little bit of cardio, you know, you did some walking or you know something like that, or maybe the occasional sprint. Those things you're gonna start to see when you are consistent, and you don't have to go crazy. You don't have to be that crazy person, but just make it a part of your routine. Even if you just do 30 minutes three times a week of resistance training and do some sort of walking, I love to walk. That is gonna really help a ton. It's going to just help keep your brain right, keep you optimized. Um, I mean, then you, you get into the, the minors stuff. But if you if you if you really focus on these, the majors like that, you know, don't be having packaged food and food dyes and and things that are not only going to give you empty calories. Um, some of these things, they actually draw nutrients out of your body. Some of these things cause you to be more reactive um, so like we see the interplay between like GABA and, and um, glutamate where glutamate is, is excitatory. Um, and so you're reactive and now you're 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 in your, you know, your your monkey brain. You're not really able to think, you know, rationally. And it's amazing how the social engineers understand this, but the average person doesn't. And, you know, it's almost becomes impossible to do when you don't do these things. But once you do, it's so funny how your your views change, you know, like oh, yeah. even your political views, you know? Yeah, it's 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 really interesting. Um, I mean, I've always been a big meat eater um, as as I've gotten older and, you know, tried to pay more attention to my diet, what I'm putting into my body, you know, because well, you get out what you put in. And mm -hmm. that's the one, like, I, I'll uh, pinch pennies in several places, but I'm not going to skimp on the food. Like, I'm going to get mm -hmm. good quality food. Um, Same with us. Like, that's, I just think it's so important. Like, I'll do anything to save a penny, but not on food. Like, yeah, I mean, 100%. I uh, 
try to go out of my way to go buy from you know meat from local farmers you know uh, Fantastic. Try, try to help on that. that too yeah try to help that local economy um not to mention i mean i see people buying produce or uh, any kind of meat product from like walmart and i'm like first of all why are you shopping at walmart <laughs> yep second of Big all one. you are like ingesting just like pesticides herbicides just chemical all the dyes in the meat and stuff and to a make lot it of those pretty. are xenoestrogens too yeah believe it or not like the glyphosate has you know a lot of those things are are that and you know you mentioned the the local farmer the local rancher those people are ready to step up their production you know in in response to a demand and their supply chains are very very not complicated versus these things that are flowing flying in your produce from around the world to keep you eating things that you wouldn't have regularly eaten um in a more traditional society where you know your body changes with the seasons the 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 produce changes with the seasons you know there's periods where there's little produce you know um and i I find it interesting you know that the nordic countries a lot of them have the tallest people in the world because historically they have you know had to eat lots of meat in the winter because there ain't nothing growing in that ground now obviously everything changes even the um the Inuits, um, those people are getting really unhealthy because they've fallen prey to this um, globalization of um, of just food being, you know, shipped around the world. You know? Yeah. Well, and a, lo- a lot of their uh, environments being destroyed. That um, as well. You know, Absolutely. And it's hard to live on a fish diet when there's no fish, you know. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so it's. It's, it's really interesting. One thing that, because, you know, once again, skeptical of all things government on my end. And the mm-hmm. one of the things I hate the most, I'm so irritated that we were taught this in school, was the food pyramid. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Like, it, it obviously, there, there was an agenda set up behind that. Um, the, as I got older, what, what really tipped me off to it was actually one of my waking, you know, awaking moments was... I was reading a, a, a book about Bruce Lee and uh, a lot of his training regimen and how his diet was structured. And I was like, well, of course, that makes sense. It's literally all of it's balanced. There's not mm-hmm. really more than anything that you really need instead of this uh, like grain heavy diet, you know, bread heavy diet. And it, it shocked me. I was like, wow. I can't believe this. Look at the bread aisle, you know, when you go to a grocery store and it's the entire aisle of bread, Yeah, you know, yeah. it's, uh, it's interesting. I think it's having a, a very negative effect on the youth of America. Um, oh yeah. A lot of people are overweight. A lot of people are depressed, uh, messy rooms, you know, got to clean up that room. Like Jordan Peterson says, yep. um, a lot of, a lot of kids in my generation addicted to porn and drugs yeah man and yeah. it it's uh i don't know it that's one of the reasons i really started this podcast is to have these conversations i'm not the only one having these conversations but we need to have them more um, totally agree and so yeah it's it's interesting where so if somebody does find themselves in this position you know they're they're depressed they're uh not eating well they're not sleeping well uh you know porn issues or whatever where would you recommend starting 
You know, I think there's, as far as the porn, there's a really, really good um, organization that we work with. We actually do, every time they promote, they send us the shirts and we, we share. It's called Fight the New Drug. And Fight the New Drug is a non-religious organization. They focus on how it impacts your relationships, how it impacts um, your brain. Dr. Daniel Amen is really, he, he is the pioneer when it comes to the spec scan, which is showing like brain activity and, and blood flow to certain areas of and, and like you start to see like how porn is you know just as bad or worse than an addiction to drugs and um you know how porn causes erectile dysfunction and how you know unfortunately the average person is exposed at eight and so by the time they're 20 they're getting into some weird really weird stuff you know because it it's always escalating you know just like any addiction um and you know, this is everywhere. This is in 50% of the men that go to church are, are watching porn. So that's a really big one. Um, what was the other, what was the other ones that you mentioned? Um, just, just oh, the, the diets, and stuff? the diets, the depression yeah. and things like that. Just where to get yeah. started to become more manly. You know, and you know? I think, um, I think like, you know, people are used to consuming, um, podcasts and, um, and videos. My buddy Vinny Tortorich, he has um, a, f a series of, of films called Fat, a documentary, part one, part two, and part three. He breaks it down really cool, really well. And, and Vinny's just awesome because he's like celebrity trainer. And, you know, so he he's he sounds like he's from New York. But you know how people from New Orleans have some of them have that weird accent that they could sound like they're from the city. Um, but like he was in the 70s training celebrities and um, and he's just a real no nonsense guy. Like I can re recommend all types of more, you know, um, books that are going to be scientific, but like, you know, I, I love this book. I don't know if I have it there that I could see it, but, um, the ketogenic Bible and I love the ketogenic Bible. Um, you know, I'm careful because it's such a hot button word, but if yeah. you're looking at this podcast, if you're watching it, I mean, I'm in great shape and I've been doing a ketogenic diet since 2016. How is it that I still weigh, you know, 218 pounds? I walk lean, walk around lean all the time. I can work out really hard. Um, you don't have to go ketogenic, but like you definitely need to cut out your sugar. You definitely need to eat real food. Um, but the ketogenic Bible, I love it because it, it'll show you every single aspect from the disease states, you know, the chronic diseases that can be easily prevented all the way to the performance side. Um, I do truly believe that it's it's one of those things that everybody should try at least once for like a good two to three months. And then even, you know, building in a phase uh, every year where you do ketogenic, preferably probably in the winter, you know, because it makes sense with we our microbiome um you know our gut bugs they change as the seasons change you know and um you know we it's it does make sense that in the summer we'd be able to eat more carbs um in the winter we wouldn't because historically um and just looking at, at your genetics you can you can get um 23andme you don't have to put your real name because you know obviously uh the don't want the chinese getting it <laughs> yeah, whether it's the Chinese or, or us, our government, you know, yeah. like patenting you and finding a way to 
but like you can put Mickey Mouse on there and, and it's important because it, it, it doesn't tell you the full story. It doesn't say it's not a death sentence because back in the day, even when I was in grad school, it was all like, you know, if you have this gene, this gene, you're 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 screwed. It's not true because of epigenetics is the way they express themselves. So you can literally within 24 hours just by changing your lifestyle, you can turn off bad genes, turn on good genes. Um, that's important because that helps. Um, for example, I know that I have something called COMT um, and I'm homozygous, both bad copies. Both of my parents have them. And I do daily sauna um, because I can, you know, I can't detox estrogen well. I can't detox heavy metals well. And it's, you know, there's so much against going against us. So, um, you know, they, it, like I said, it, it gets, there's levels, you know, but like just nailing down those big rocks first, you know, getting consistent with, you know, doesn't have to be because I, ha I have clients that come on, whether they're group clients or individual clients that it's like, OK, how many days have you been working out? Zero. How many days would you be willing to work out? Six. Well, we're not going to do six, buddy, because in two <laughs> weeks you're going to quit, you yeah. know, and so we'll start off with two or three. And then, you know, habit stacking. I'm a big believer in habit stacking, you know, like do something for a couple of months then add another thing, then add another thing. Then you can get into all types of biohacking stuff, um, but yeah. it's never going to be the bread and butter. You know, it's always going to be, um, and it, 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 it just turns out that, you know, supplements, for example, they work best when you're healthy. They don't, they don't undo things. So again, focusing on those things that are the most important. Yeah. And you, I think you touched on a important thing that I've been focusing on for myself is gut health. Oh yeah, probiotics, prebiotics, um, mm -hmm. and things that feed them. Yeah, your your in, intestinal tract and everything. Like if you can eat the best food in the world, but if you're not absorbing the nutrients, it doesn't matter. So yeah, it's know. not you're not what you eat. You are what you absorb. You exactly. know. Exactly. So like you need to understand. Um, you know, certain things like, like off the top of my head, like eating, uh, drinking, drinking. Um, carbonated water or carbonated drinks with your meals going to lower your stomach acid you're not going to be able to assimilate that you know starting a new diet it's always uh, probably a good idea to, to to have some enzymes in there to help your gut start to break that food down a lot of people that have acid reflux man you know they're blown away when i tell them that a lot of people that i know that have healed that and GERD and things like that they're freaking you know they're taking hcl you know because they don't have enough stomach acid you know and so like when that food is backed up and it's not breaking down, it's going to come right back up and burn your, your esophagus, you know. So, I mean, I'm not um, this is not medical advice. I just like to share what yeah. people do. Um, but, you know, I know means talk to your doctor. <laughs> yeah, 100 percent. You know, uh, that's in my, my email, you know, response. It's automatically like, you know, that's covering yeah. my butt. But like, seriously, it, it is interesting how almost to to every single rule um that they create or every single piece of advice like question all of it and and you know the people that have fortune favors the bold you know the people who have gone out of their way who've been desperate enough to try these things that sound crazy tend to have really good results and then they become evangelists for it you know yeah yeah it's crazy yeah that's that that's great um so i think we're gonna wrap up here you know, it was a Good great deal. conversation, but I definitely want to get you back on, talk about, uh, you know, some more health stuff and uh, touch on Cuba more because that's going to be an ongoing situation. And uh, man, anytime. I love this stuff. This is a great way to spend my morning, man. So like, thank you. I haven't, 
you know, like I'll, I'll talk, my buddy Raymond, um, we did a live on this uh, a few months back and like, you know, back in the Ron Paul days, it was so funny. Like I had more time and it was like, there's a status on such and such thread. Let's go crush him together, you know? Yeah. And it's like, like a one-two punch and like, you know, or we, we would have conversations when I was in Miami, when I lived in Miami and, and um, it's good to have these conversations. It's good to keep the sharpening the saw and, yeah. but also understanding that we're gonna make so much more of an impact locally um, and with our example. Cause you know, I, I, I always like to say like, I, I, I like to talk about my marriage cause my marriage is awesome. And there's a reason why it's awesome, you know. Like it's it's grounded in these these morals that I find it. It's it's like I have friends who aren't Christian and like like yourself. Like you know, there's definitely you know, but there's an acceptance that there is a right and a wrong, and there are these um, universal truths that that we need to um, adhere to. Um, because of course, the minute you start to have this moral relativism. It almost always leads to nihilism. Mm -hmm. And then if you have nothing to live for, you have no one to live for. You can be destructive to yourself, to the people around you. Um, and, you know, I, you mentioned Jordan Peterson. He, he talks about that all the time. This postmodern world um, has become so diseased because of that. You know, like we don't have these things and we don't have these these morals anymore. Um, shoot, fake it till you make it. I mean, yeah. Eventually, you might you might find God. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you just, yeah. And right. if you're in nature, like the Bible talks about this, and people, I, I look at hunters and um, you know outdoors people and farmers. They are so chill, you know, because they are in nature. Um, they can be bothered, like you know, the, the Amish, the Mennonites. Like you ask them, like, why isn't there a uh, an outbreak of COVID, and they're like, "Well, we don't have TVs." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's, that's simple. No outbreak when there's no TVs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, I I was actually a farmer, a uh, vegetable farmer, for many years. Oh, cool. Yeah, it, it it was the most rewarding job I've ever had, and uh, I would still be doing it if there was any money in it. You know. Yeah, and that's the, that's not, a tough thing, man. I know. And uh, there there's uh, this quote from Thomas Jefferson and he said that uh, the, the men who uh, work the land are God's chosen people and I was like that's a good quote yeah it, well you know it, there's one thing uh, like I, I have a hobby I love cooking um, love feeding people and when you're able to grow food and feed the community it, you just get such a satisfaction out of it it's uh yeah man it's just like nothing it's else cool. you know so it's weird when people are complaining about everything and then you're the actual um you're the actual person who's who's feeding them yeah you know yeah exactly and that's that's why i recommend everyone always go into their farmer's market uh start asking around if you see a farmer and you don't know how to get a hold of them just you know what go up and knock on his door i guarantee you they'll be okay with it you know respectively in you know normal hours but yep <laughs> so uh, uh let everyone know where they can get a hold of you where they can find you well it's uh my biggest um platform would be instagram uh dannyvega.ms um just search put my name d-a-n-n-y-v-e-g-a you'll see it um, our website where everything is, our podcast um, and our, our coaching, our consults. If you want to get on the phone with me for 30 or 60 minutes or sign up for coaching or group coaching, it's fatfueled.family. Um, and that's pretty much where you can find me. Um, you got my email on there and all that stuff. Awesome.
and uh, you can uh, find find us at rise to liberty.com where you can find everything related to the show and uh, we've always got fun stuff coming out I've uh, got a real spicy Twitter account got a real spicy Instagram account so that's always fun gotta keep people on their toes so thanks Good for deal. coming on Danny it was great thanks a lot brother